Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and as always, by my friend and business partner, Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. Hey, Jason. Thank you very much, Joshua Hatton. How are you this day? I could be doing a lot better, thank you. <laughs> that is not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty well because and we didn't we didn't talk about this before. But uh today actually is the second day of the Jewish New Year. Mm-hmm. Lashana Tova. Lashana Tova. And uh happy New Year to all of our Jewish listeners and a good happy Thursday. <laughs> slash Friday. Slash Friday. Slash the Wednesday evening, uh, prior to the Thursday. Um, to all this is of our... awfully specific for people <laughs> who don't celebrate this exact holiday. <laughs> I look at the new year as as just a good opportunity to restart, just like many people do. So it's always time for reflection. But I try not to look, you know, I try not to focus so much on the bad, but more on what I could be doing better and. I had a good session of that past couple of days, so so I feel pretty good. So it's clearly the perfect time to be finishing off our tour series rather than starting afresh with that concluded. Oh man, you are king of the segues, the segues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I just got back from a week in Atlanta, so I've got the weekend at home with the family and then I'm back to Atlanta. Which, for a guy who doesn't live in Atlanta, has a lot of time spent in Atlanta. <laughs> Good city, though. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's really Tons nice. and tons of great neighborhoods. I'm working out how to get around the traffic, which is mostly a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's all going uh, rather well down there. So Yeah, it's a, I'm a beautiful, happy beautiful city. Yeah, I think the next episode of this podcast, I'll be recording from Florida. You are here, there, and everywhere lately. It is. It is very true. At some point in a future episode, we will disclose why this is the case, but today is not that day. I mean, male prostitution, I mean, it just, it takes you wherever you need to be. Always the penis with you. (laughs) So we, (laughs) so we, we do have a lot to cover today. Today is... Well, last episode was the penultimate episode to our Scotland tour, our tour of Isla and Campbelltown. And today yes, is the ultimate, the final episode. Yeah, if if this is um if this is your first episode, thank you for joining us. Um I recommend jumping back a little ways, as Josh likes to say. I'd back it up a little. <laughs> and uh I'd I'd go back to episode fourteen. Because uh, that was the start of our Isla journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe go through 14, 15, 15 and a half and 16, and then come back in and rejoin us in episode 17. Because we've really got into a bit of depth on this uh, tour, this Isla tour and swim expedition. Well, we we did. You know, we were out there. I counted, you know, as far as the tour goes, it was it was 10 days of a tour. I was there 11. You were there for a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot to cover and spreading it over five episodes, uh, you know, is the best way we could do it justice. And and for those that are just tuning in today for the very first time, uh, 
The majority of our podcasts do not focus on our travels, but rather, you know, this is an industry podcast that is based in and around the the many things we do. Jason, could you quickly give the list to people of the things that we do before we hop into the final part of our Isla trip? I will certainly do my best. We run an independent bottling company called Single Cast Nation with two lines of separate offerings, one online and one in stores in key markets. We run a whiskey festival called Whiskey Jubilee in New York City, Chicago, and Seattle. Mm. Chicago is coming up November 9th. Right around the corner. That'll be the last one of this year. And we run a whiskey tour company called Whiskey Geek Tours. And that is part of what we're recapping over these last few episodes. Yeah. And we also record and publish a whiskey podcast called One Nation Under Whiskey. Very nice. Well done. Thank you to everyone for listening. (laughs) 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 So our last episode had us spending a day and a half with the Springbank, Glengyle, Caddenheads guys. We did. Lovely day out. Everybody enjoyed it, including the people that hosted us. I think we were... I think we were good uh, attendees, good hosties. I'm not sure that's that's completely incorrect way of saying it. Well, let's call it correct. Uh, I like that. <laughs> you and your complete disregard for the English language. Okay, yeah, press on. Press on. A lovely day. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I may not be great with the English language. I'm going to try to start pronouncing things a little better than I had. No. Why start now? Yeah. so we're done with campbelltown we hop back on the ferry back over to isla right Uh what the hell happened it's so long ago i'm having a tough time remembering (laughs) what the hell happened we took the last crossing of the day oh it was in the evening that's right yes we ate dinner Mm -hmm. on the ferry and then we got back into port Mm -hmm. and back to our accommodations just for uh, an easy night's rest uh, before we we knew we had our Friday. So I woke up the Friday morning, um, went off to Kalila, mm. which uh, a number of people have Kalila as, as their favorite uh, Isla distillery. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Diageo's powerhouse distillery on the island. Although, as we learned on the day, uh, they've decreased from a peak of 7 million liters uh, they're now down around four, four. and a half, five. No, maybe? it's it's four. four. They're from four million liters down to seven million liters. So no, that that's the opposite of how we say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> see, you okay. make a vow in the new year. Yeah, I'm going to say things properly, and then you turn around and you say they've gone, they've gone down from four million to seven million. That's what we tune into here, Joshua. That's uh, the type of accuracy we've come uh, to expect see, from see, you. I don't know if I should be cutting that out or leaving it in. <laughs> I guarantee I really like, you. Yeah, I should leave it in. I guarantee you will leave it in. I like know? when the joke's on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Almost Col- as much as you enjoy when the joke's on me. <laughs> almost. 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 The, see, that much. I relish. I relish <laughs> that. <laughs> so, so Kalila, yes, has a maximum capacity of uh, 7 million liters of spirit per year. Uh, by comparison, uh, what Kilhoman produces in a year, about 250,000 liters, Kalila does in a week. 
So it gives yep. you an idea of scale there. And Kalila has reduced their production from seven million down to four million, uh, which is quite a lot. But no, you're you're spot on. That is a big reduction. Um, they've also increased the percentage um, of their spirit that is destined for single malt release. That's true. Uh, that is traditionally, true. they have had more like ninety-five percent going off to Johnny Walker, and now they're down at eighty-five percent. Uh, of their production going off to Johnny Walker. So it, it makes you wonder what's going on with Johnny Walker, if anything, or if they're changing, maybe they're they're changing the formula around a little bit, maybe a little less Kalila, a little more Lagavulin. Or... Um, my guess would be Rosile is, is now online, is filling in a large portion of their needs. Yep, that is, that's very good. Yep. You know, the uh, the distillery that, that some whiskey nerds talk about as um, being able to produce any whiskey imaginable uh, from the Diageo portfolio. Uh, and Diageo says, no, no, that is, that's not entirely true. Not entirely true. So I'm sure the truth lies somewhere in the middle. As it usually. As it usually, usually dwells sure. somewhere in there. Um, there you go. I like it when you go full Hobbit on me. Stupid <laughs> fat Hobbit. What's to ruin? There's hardly any meat on them. But we need a few good taters. What's taters, Brussels? What's taters, huh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Dwells. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you might go yeah. with resides. No, anyway, carry on. I like dwell. I'm okay with that. So... Yeah, I agree. You know, there were a few people in our group that really hold Colila as sort of their their number one Isla distillery. I myself had not been to the distillery until this tour. It just never worked out any other time that either well, you and I went or that I've gone alone. Well, it's obviously silly massive. And and we talked in our last podcast about if you can go from Brookladdy onto Springbank, you get to see two very small, traditional, hands-on, um, throw Kilhoman in there as well. Um, and you, you get to see how whiskey production used to be. Mm. And then you walk into Kalila, and when you first see the mash tun, it's like a spacecraft. It is gargantuan. And gorge in, in a completely different way than... Springbank or, you know, uh, Brooklotti, gorgeous in its own way. I like that modern look to it. It was sleek and cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't use spacecraft in the pejorative. I'm mm. just I'm just saying it really does look like a spacecraft when you walk in. There's the last thing you expect to see on Isla uh, is, a, is a spacecraft craft residing in a, in a yeah. distillery. No. Yeah, you know, um, fear, fear and then, for the for the anal probing, but right. go on. Yeah. And then <laughs> always the anal probing with you. <laughs> and then you know the washbacks are massive as yeah. well. Uh, we had a chance to to look inside all of those, taste a little bit of the wash, uh, which is always fun. I know yeah, that's not sure. a. I'm not even sure we're meant to be saying that we did that, but uh, moving along swiftly, and then um, <laughs> down to the big stills, big stills that are only partially filled. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I've got a, I've got a great picture of those stills that I'll post up on Instagram. 
Tickety boo. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very large. And so they were talking about their, their copper content. Uh, copper. Content. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> the joke going to be on me this time. Feel free to edit that out, Joshua, in any way you oh, want. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll definitely edit that out. Note to self. Don't edit that out. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> and action. <laughs> so <clears throat> they, they fill the stills low. Fill them low. You're spot on, yes. And what does that achieve? Well, what what it allows for is uh, it, it forces the spirit itself to hit the copper much more. It really cleanses the, the spirit much more than Lagavulin would. So if you think mm. of Lagavulin, even though they have, you know, smaller stills, they're filling those stills really high, you know, almost at full capacity because what they want to happen is they don't want the copper to work so hard. As they're distilling it, they want that spirit, and again, this is like a Vulan, they want that spirit to just swiftly go over that line arm and come mm-hmm. through so you have a nice, heavy, rich, oily product. And for Kalila, if if you know Kalila, and I'm sure many of the people listening do, it is a lighter spirit. It's clean. And and they're starting with the same barley, the same PPM as well. It's 35 PPM. Yep. So if you fill those stills lower, both with wash and then and then with spirit, you're forcing the stills to do a lot of work. And that's to throw what's in that still against the copper to really clean it out. Yeah. And they're quite tall stills as well for yeah. Isla. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I walk into that still house and I don't expect, the stills to be that tall for anyone on Isla. Massive. And yet, yeah. and yet there they are. Yeah. Good spirit coming out of them. Uh, when we transition into our little tasting with them and, and pop some bungs, um, I, I was really taken by the 17 year old unpeated Kalila. Uh, I, I've been very fond of that release for the better part of a decade now. And it's 17 years old. It just, sings yeah uh, i'm I'm not gonna lie to you there was one whiskey in particular that i called my favorite from the entire trip and it was this 17 year old unpeated colila hmm. it beat in my opinion it beat every whiskey that i had had during our time there for on isla hmm. i'm not sure i have a response to that <laughs> well because we tasted some a wide variety of things, but that one just ticked all of the boxes for me. It did it did everything I wanted it to do and executed it flawly, with the exception of, oh, now I have to take this back. Now i got to back it up. Um, <laughs> that Let lag- Josh talk long enough, he'll ultimately back it up. <laughs> that Lagavulin 21-year-old, the 2007. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, so aside from that, that Kalila 17-year-old. Gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, cracking whiskey. Really, really beautiful uh, spirit. Not sure I'm going to put it up there as my absolute favorite of the entire trip, but clearly very, very, very good. And uh, special thanks to Justina, yeah. who um, has been in that visitor center for a, a good while. I've, I've seen her on my trips over there multiple times, and she has always treated my groups very kindly. And always been very generous with both her time and her pores. Yeah. And uh, and now she's on maternity leave for oh, a year. Yeah. So we, we wish her the very best. 
The very, uh, very best. And hope everything is wonderful. Um, I think October was her delivery month. Yeah. Yeah. So L- let me just throw this out there really quickly. Uh, you know, we, we've been running tours and bringing people to Isla for a while with you doing the majority of that work. Mm-hmm. And, and I've brought people over myself. And one thing that I've heard, a refrain, if you will, that I've heard from from people was, you know, check out Kalila, but it, it's a big industrial complex, right? Just, mm-hmm. you know, don't expect much. They make great stuff, but it's nothing to look at. It's a factory. And, and I disagree completely. Yes, it is not classic looking. Yes, it, you know, it was built during the time when architecture was doing very mod, clean lines kind of stuff. But the stills are gorgeous. The spirit safe is gorgeous. Their tasting room, where you get to taste directly from the cask, is amazing. And they have all of these old, you know, Johnny Walker, you know, aluminum signs out. and you know, Just all this classic stuff hanging around in this room. And and while we didn't see any warehouses or anything like that, I I, I was taken by the place. I thought it was I thought it was great. So no, it's good I to hear. Pleased, yeah. Well, I think that's a testament to Justina as well, and you know the way she would lead us around, and still have that personal contact with yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you just pitch up at Kalila on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, you'll be on the fifteen twenty person walk around tour. They'll keep you inside the yellow lines. They won't let you go behind this part. They won't let you go behind that part. So, um, yeah. our experience is very different than your standard pitch up tour. So I would hate for somebody to hear this podcast, pitch up on a Tuesday afternoon yeah. and get a a corporate health and safety demonstration <laughs> and say, what yeah. was Joshua Hatton talking about? So what I'm really talking about is... The value of going on a Whiskey Geek tour? Boom. And email us at uh, info at whiskeygeektours.com. That's whiskey without me. And we're happy to take you on a very personalized tour of Kalila. I'm not sure we can live up to that promise, but carry on. <laughs> nope, that's it. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the truth, but okay. So, uh, Kalila, lovely. Um, but what I really want to talk about, and, and I alluded to this in our last episode, we got to do something that afternoon mm-hmm. that... I thought was so incredibly special. And when, when you talk about getting a per, getting personalized treatment mm-hmm. by someone, this was a true highlight. I could talk about it or I can let you take it away. You're usually better at speaking English than I am. So maybe <laughs> I will let you take it away. So we left Kalila. <laughs> so. Running a little late. Yeah. You don't like that? That's fine. We left Kalila running a little late. Yeah. Got to the Bally Grant Inn for a quick lunch and headed out to the Ardna Hole building site, really. And by the time we got there, it was bucketing down. We were running about an hour behind schedule. Yeah. And I, I ran through the bucketing rain to Bryony, who is formerly, uh, we've mentioned uh, her at Kilholman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took great, great care of us in the past at Kilholman. 
And now she's in charge of the visitor uh, center experience at Ardenhall and is a wonderful, 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 lovely lady. And uh, sincerely apologized for keeping her late. Yeah. And um, also had the opportunity to apologize to Jim McEwen, whiskey legend, <laughs> who was awaiting our arrival. Yeah. At the Ardenhall building site in the bucketing rain. Yeah. You know. It's it's one thing to keep Briny Boyd waiting an hour. Yep, certainly not a good thing. It's not a good thing. You never want to leave anyone waiting that nope. long. Not even Isla Time, not even no. all those chill illics. <laughs> Still bad show, but continue. <laughs> but then Jim McEwen was waiting for us, right? This is a little special treat for our group here. Exactly. And uh, we made Jim McEwen, Whiskey Legend, Whiskey God, wait an hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's not good. No. But they were they were excited to see us and they were they were both very generous and said, No, no, we had a lovely time catching up with each other. It's always good to have a chance to chat. Hey, I don't get to see you very often, Joshua, isn't it? Yes. So good to see you. Lovely to see you too, dear. I'm so glad you made it. From San Francisco. So we're in San Francisco. And I met who else? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember both of you. <laughs> of course. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and Edmonton. 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 Edmonton, Canada. Oh, you're talking. You're you see, talking. we've sent him all around the world and he keeps on coming back. Oh, it's like yeah, a blooming boomerang. You know, one of the absolute highlights for me was Jim McEwen, um, handing out high visibility vests mm. and hard hats to us and our <laughs> tour guests. Yeah. <laughs> that was really wonderful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we waited for a little break in the rain. We thought we got it. We all stepped outside. Jim McEwen started telling us about the project. We headed down to the building site and the heavens opened. Do you remember standing there gathering against a... <laughs> One single built wall. Yeah, yeah. in fact, it it started drizzling. And then Jim had said, oh, you know what? Let's go over to this wall that should protect us. And so we run across the mud. You know, we're trying to, you know, avoid rebar and, and, and all this stuff. And we just flatten ourselves against the wall. And the rain yep. starts coming down and the wind pushes the rain into our faces. So no protection whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, it was terrific. Did you hide the microphone at that point? Was I, it under cover of your pocket? Um, I'll have to listen back. Don't quite remember. To the end here, guys. In here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that shout was going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's pissing down. Oh, yeah. Ardenahoe is a new distillery site on Isla. It's the distillery is not yet built. And so what we were looking at and we didn't know what to expect with our time uh, with Bryony and, and with Jimmy Kewen, because it's not a distillery yet, we, we 
didn't fully know what was going to be in store for us. So, you know, as it was raining, we got to go and walk around what will be the future um, still room, what will be the future washroom or washback room, uh, etc. Et and and to hear it from, from Bryony and to hear it from Jim on you know, what the distillery will look out upon and, yeah. and what they're yeah. expecting. It's, it was it, rain or not. It was, it was wonderful. So this is the lower deck. The steel work goes right out to there and the steel work goes straight up. The beams come across and on the upper level, this is where you'll see the pot stills will be here. This is where the pot stills are going to be and your mash tun, the fermentation, mash tun and so on. So when you're on the top deck, there's glass virtually all the way around. So okay. you, can, you can stand on the top deck and pretty much see it all the way around. So how many are you planning in terms of wash, stills, and... Uh, one wash, one spirit. One wash, one spirit. It's quite big spirit, 9,000 litres, doesn't it? Uh, they'll have a capacity of, I don't know, 650,000. Okay. They won't be selling to blenders, so if you're not selling to blenders, you don't have to produce. I mean, most distilleries are 60% of production to blenders. So, and it's beautiful on top. There's one point on top in the distillation room. Because there's no pumps and motors, they all conceal down here. Okay. It's a beautiful, clean room. And if you stand in the back corner of it and you look out, you think you're in an aircraft. Because you can't see the parks and you can't see it. All you see is the sky and the ocean. You think you're in a, an airliner flight to America. Infinity windows. Aye. Infinity windows. <laughs> so you can look out at infinity. And uh, we hope to do some landscaping here as well. Uh, so you can go for a walk down close to the side and all that sort of stuff. Beautiful retail. Uh, the shop is going to be amazing. The company we work for uh, have some of the best whiskies in the world. The Hunter Lane Company. I mean, they've got some seriously old island. I mean, really huge stocks of whiskey. So it's going to be very, very exciting. So once this concreting is done, it's going to go up very quickly because the steel work goes straight up, straight over, and then on the face of the steel, it's cladding. It's not concrete, it's cladding. Okay. So you can bang the cladding up very, very quickly and all that sort of stuff. So if God is in his heaven, which I'm sure he is, um, we should open for the festival next year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Maybe I'm coming next year. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's going to be, even although we don't open in terms of production for the festival, we'll be almost there. Sure. So, Thousands of visitors can still come and see. We're not contemplating if it's happening. Well, and anybody you know listening to the podcast who's attended any kind of presentation by Jim McEwen knows that the man is a master showman, yes. and and can can talk for Isla and can talk for whiskey, and be very um, interesting and engaging and so he firmly believes in this project and was very happy to come aboard and help them out and the setting for it is spectacular oh, it wonderful. looks looks over the the sound 
uh, looks over onto Jura, looks over onto the Paps. The still room is going to be spectacular. Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat similar view to Kalila, but certainly up higher. Yes. Uh, you, yeah. you, you, you drive up towards Ardnaho, uh to see Jura from there. So, yeah, very yeah, very exciting project. One of those great honours. Uh, we talked about it when we were at Kilhoman that we got to see the new kiln being built. Oh, right. Uh, and so that's always something as we go back in subsequent trips, we get to see progress and development. And now here we are, we've seen the very bare bones of Ardnaho, and we'll get to see future layers and, and evolution of that distillery. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, we we talked about worm tubs a little bit last week mm -hmm. uh, with Spring Bank, or not last week, two weeks ago with, with Spring Bank, and Ardnaho is going to be the first distillery built in Scotland in quite some time that will incorporate worm tubs with the in their production. Terrific. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, and they'll have both peated and unpeated spirit? It's actually going to be a few different peating levels, light, medium, and heavily peated. And I'm sure Jim McEwen being Jim McEwen, there's going to be some other <laughs> special projects going on. Yeah, I was also very impressed when we transitioned from the building site. We went across the, the, the street into a little cottage that they own and, uh, and enjoyed a, a very private tasting with Jim McEwen, but he waxed lyrical about barrels. Uh, yeah. And one of the questions I'd asked him was, you know, what, what's, what's his number one takeaway from all of his years in the industry? And he went on to talk about quality of barrels and remembering a time when barrels came over, flat packed, all numbered, they were rebuilt, but they were rebuilt as hoggies yeah. rather than barrels. Bourbon hogshead, right? As soon as you hear a bourbon hogshead, it means it's a bourbon barrel that's been knocked down and shipped over many, many years ago and made into a hogshead. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen, and it hasn't happened now for about 15, 16 years. And the big sea change there was that they started sending the ASBs, American Standing Barrels, they were coming in in containers, right? They weren't knocked down. Prior to that, you would take a barrel, you would number every stage, right? And then you would knock it down. You'd tie it up with wire and then ship it to Scotland. And then we would add more staves to it to make a hogshead. A total waste of time. Because the original head didn't fit because it would fall in. The hoop iron, which held it together, was no use. It was just scrap. It was a total shambles. So the, the thinking behind that was if you had a ship before container ships, if you knocked the barrel down, it was that size. So you could build them on top of each other and you could ship thousands of barrels in the hold off a ship. Just build them up and build them up and build them up and build them up. Mm -hmm. However, with the introduction of container ships, the guy picks up three barrels, runs into the container, drops it back. Shipping became very, very cheap. So that was the end of Cooperage in Scotland as we know it. Because I was, I used to make the hogsheads. We'd come in and we'd, re we'd build them from barrel to hogshead. And you're in a system called PBR. That's how you got paid, payment by results, PBR. Oh. Hmm. So the harder you worked, the more money you made. So the whole thing's changed now and we're taking American barrel straight in from America, which is great. 
it's the greatest vessel in the world, the American bourbon can. Yeah, it's it's really the only way to be guaranteed, you know, a much higher rate of success when it comes to always having quality oak. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And he waxed lyrical about quality yeah, oak. Yep. And, and and that's not to say what. It's not to say that Cooperages are not doing a good job. That's that's far from the truth. But Jim, I think, sees Kilhoman success. There's a few other distilleries uh, who are doing this where they're getting the casks directly from the bourbon producers and seeing the success of consistently good whiskey coming from those casks. And, you know, he may be a whiskey legend and he may be a whiskey god and someone who's been in the industry for decades, but everybody learns. Right, everybody's. Oh, for sure. You know, if 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 you're not learning, then you know, if he wasn't learning anything, he may as well retire. And yep. so, so he's taking yep. a cue from what some of these newer distilleries are doing. Yeah, that's great. always a takeaway. I've I've had the the pleasure of sitting with Jim on multiple occasions, and the one thing I've always taken away from him is that there's always something new to be learned. Yeah, there's always somebody who's going to come into your life that'll tell you something that you didn't know previously, or has discovered something that you weren't aware of previously. Yeah. And I love the fact that he remains open to that, uh, even though, you know, as, as we keep saying, he's a whiskey legend. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a great guy to spend time with. I think our group were over the moon with that one. Yeah. I, I want to talk about our, our time with him in, in a second. Uh, Cause he treated us to a really fun, interesting tasting. But another thing about the Ardenhoe distillery that captured my attention or what, what will happen with the Ardenho distillery. Not only will they be incorporating worm tubs, but the line arms coming off of the stills will be the longest line arms in in the industry. You know, they showed us some, you know, artist renderings and the pipe just goes like through the entire room. (laughs) (laughs) And is only just slightly higher than level, right? Yes, just by like, Two, three degrees or something, yeah. just, you know, yeah. really. So it, it's going to take its sweet time getting down through into the into the worm tubs, which will then take its sweet time going going through there. So it'll be interesting Correct. to see what the spirit is like. You know, our experience has been worm tub equals heavy, meaty. Uh, yep. But will the line arm change that? Only time will tell. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know what I enjoyed about Jim's tasting? I'm sure there were a lot of things, but go on. <laughs> uh, that's true. That That's the correct answer. I enjoyed a <laughs> lot of things. <laughs> You'd mentioned it before that, that Jim is definitely a showman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I found interesting this time around is, you know, when I think of Jim McEwen, I think of the guy that jumps up onto a table and starts shouting at the top of his lungs and, you know, and, and waxing. Leading toasts. Right? And leading toasts and, and all this stuff. And we had a slightly more relaxed version of That's Jim, spot on. That's right? so well said. Yep. So well said. Yeah. And and I liked that. It, it's, it just, in the end for me, it seemed that much more personal that it was, he didn't have to be the showman because yeah. he's with, he knew who our group was. He knew what our guests were like. They weren't looking for a massive show. They were looking for the nitty gritty 
of of whiskey and, and getting to learn, yeah, some some fun tricks and things like that, like that oil trick that he mm-hmm. does with his finger. Yep. yep, just dip, just break the surface tension with the tip of your finger. Yeah, get get the oil in your finger and then rub it on the back of your hand. Yeah, and then hold it up to the light and you see it glisten. Yeah, see the oils and he's. He's oils first and foremost. Yeah. You and I talk about this in our, our selection process for single cast nation, how we're driven by oily mouthfeel and mm-hmm. a heavy presence and tongue coating and lip coating. And always been the case that in spending time with Jim, that is one of his guiding principles as well. Yeah. As getting an oily spirit that won't be sucked dry by the wood. And will instead hold that exactly. oil over the course of its maturation. And uh, for, for Brooklady's Port Charlotte's and Octomore's produced under Jim McEwen, always look for that oily presence. In always, them. yeah. Because um, it, was, it was guiding him every step of the way. The other thing I want to say yeah. there when you're talking about the more relaxed Jim McEwen uh, in, the, in this kind of tasting, here we were on a damp, Friday afternoon mm. on Isla in this cottage that sits right next to the Ardenahoe water source. Yeah. Right? And it's just chill. It's all yeah. chill. Yep. Uh, and I think he fed into that. And our group was pretty relaxed. And I think our group was pretty much in awe of sitting there with Jim <laughs> McEwen, to be honest with you. Because yeah. they weren't a particularly quiet group. Um, but I think they were quite impressed that, that he would make time for us Yeah, uh, during our time there. Yeah, it was special. It was special indeed. Yeah, really cracking. So so sincere thanks to, to Jim for his time. Sincere thanks to Bryony uh, for the hookup with yeah. that. Yeah, setting uh, it all she, up. She always treats us fantastically well, and this is just the latest example of that. She's been good wherever she's been, right? Yep. We remember yeah, we first her. met her. Yep, met her at Lefroig. Yeah, and and then Kilhoman, and she's just you know there there are some people that that leave a mark and your memory, and 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 a fond one at that. And and Bryony is definitely at the top of the list. Yeah, a terrific host. Yeah, so good. much so yeah. that a couple of us stopped by the the Hunter Lang shop. Yes, uh, that's next to the the Isla Brewing Company. And um, had another little tasting with Brian on the Saturday, <laughs> and uh, bought some bottles. So yes, you know Hunterling treated us well through Brian and Jim, and we went back and spent some money in their in their gift shop. Got some yeah. very nice grain whiskey. Yeah, you bought me a, an early birthday present. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you. What was it? Twenty five year old Strathclyde. It was a grain. Was it Strathclyde? I have yep. it. I have it. It's, it's it's in my whiskey room right now in a box. Oh, or, would, or was that the twenty five year old canvas that I got you? It was the canvas. Okay, it was the canvas. Yeah. I also got myself the twenty five year old Strathclyde. Speaking of canvas, you and I have a little canvas in our glass right now, don't Indeed we? Indeed, we do. Yeah. Which one do you have? <laughs> <laughs> the only one we've bottled. Yeah. Yep. It's on the container right now, about to hit our warehouse. Uh, it's our 28-year-old canvas, extra matured in a Muscatel sherry cask. Do you want to hear the uh, the tasting notes that we put on the label? Sure. I love these notes. So it, it is. It's 28 years. Uh, started off its life in a refill bourbon barrel, mm-hmm. and then finished for six months in a first fill Muscatel Barrique. 
cask number 121GW, mm-hmm. distilled September 1988, bottled April of 2017. So mm. this spent some time in bottle before we got it over here. It certainly did. Because uh, we were having label issues. Uh, speaking of label issues from last episode, we were having label issues. One of 252 bottles, 42.6% natural cask strength. Yeah, that's, that's... That's low, right? That's down there. I think the Muscatel gave that a few kisses. That uh, could be. Uh, so it says, A wonderfully textured whiskey from nose through palate that delivers great warmth and richness. Incredibly complex, but oh, so easy to drink. Its sweet cereal character complements the fruity Muscatel influence beautifully. It really is easy to drink. I, I poured myself one little sample from the remains of the sample bottle yeah. that we used to, to select this. Mm-hmm. And in the time that we've been recording, I've now filled it a second time from the same bottle. And I'm currently gauging what is left in that sample bottle for <laughs> perhaps a third go around on this one. I would feel comfortable doing a third. I think I will feel comfortable doing a third. Although I, we're also going to toast the new year with that long row that I just Oh, got. okay, 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 okay. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> so much whiskey to drink, so little podcast time. Before we move on to news and and misconceptions and emails and everything like that. I'm I'm even amazed that you're mentioning all those things because I know we've got one more big day to talk about before we get to any of those things. Well, and it and it's massive, right? This is this is the finale. This is the this reason is why the... Yes. The pièce de la résistance. Ah, yes. Just like on uh, the Maybe. Lego movie. Taco Tuesday? <laughs> what was the... What was, how did that song go? Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is... Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything, Everything is, is awesome. awesome. When you're, you're living, living in the dream. I don't know. I've yeah. heard it so many times that I've forgotten it. Ah, so good. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, this is the finale. This is the reason why people go to fireworks shows, right? It is. Or or watch porn to the end. I don't like it when I say Joshua things. That's that's why I'm hesitant. I don't like it when Joshua things come out of my mouth. (laughs) You make it sound that people watch more than two minutes of of a pornographic movie. They're not longer than that, are they? I don't think I've never I've never been able to test the theory. Please don't, <laughs> please don't use any of it. Yeah, I'm using all of it. <laughs> please don't use any of it. I hate all of this. <laughs> okay, I won't use it. Thank you. Yep, definitely not going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't use it. Okay. Definitely don't use any of it. Definitely. So, bring us in, Jason, if you wouldn't mind. To mm-hmm. to this finale. So we'd visited the Arbeg Distillery earlier in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, lovely time with Ross. Right, it's Ross. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great. He's shown around my groups previously. Knows his stuff. Very intelligent. Is heading back to University of Glasgow to get a PhD in physics. Mm-hmm. Um, very uh, very confident in discussing the chemistry. Uh, of distillation yeah. and fermentation yep. as we're going around. So he'll be missed. That's that's the end of uh, 
his job there. So, um, yeah, great, great guy, Ross. I really enjoy him. So we'd, we'd gone around with him. We'd seen all the usual Arbeg highlights, tasted a bit of the wash, always a good thing to be able to do mm-hmm. there. And uh, moved on to the stills, uh, good stills, high copper content, which is kind of the theme of today's uh, conversation and distillation. And um, and then we'd we'd uh, taken a little break. We had some <coughs> wonderful food in the Kiln Cafe oh, it's always at Ardbeg. Good. Always good. Yep. Oh my goodness, their menu is out of this world. There you are, southeast corner of Ardbeg, just eating food that would not be out of place in any major city. Yeah. Uh, really, really well made stuff. Really delicious. So um, so yeah, we hung out there. Jackie, being Jackie, of course, gave us some very special pours. Um, which, oh, yeah. which I am not going to list because it's a little, uh, it's a, a bit like last episode when we talk about going into the Cadenhead's warehouse. It's a very special kind of relationship there, and so I don't want to say what we got in case you give somebody else something different. Good, Maybe she's got good special point. relationships with other people. Yeah, so. you don't want to kiss and tell, right? Right, 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 right. But um, but very, very delicious and always very much appreciated. Um, and then we rested up because we knew we were coming back to this site. Yes. Uh, later that uh, late afternoon mm-hmm, to see mm-hmm. our swimmers come in around the craggy corner after eight days of oh, swimming. Good Lord, to finally complete the trip. It was it right. Was, it was great to know that they were they were going to do it. Right. There yeah. was so much trepidation. We talked previously about the. The dangerous West Coast. We talked about the midweek weather that had them reorganize some parts of their swim. And here we were, the sun was coming out from behind the clouds uh, just as they were rounding the corner, completing their swim. And we waited for them on the Ardbeg Pier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before they get there, though, and I, I, I want to back it up. Well, I want to mention something that I thought. You back it up. <laughs> Jackie's a, a a special, special person. You know, she, 20 years ago, uh, when Ardbeg was being reopened, you know, it was, it was her. This was her baby yep. to, to reopen the, dis- help reopen the distillery and be in charge of the distillery visitor center and so forth and so she is yeah i was just gonna add this kiln cafe that we just spoke so very highly of yeah when jackie drove down that road 20 years ago there were sheep in it and there was sheep shit all around (laughs) and there was no roof Yeah. And it, that's what she looked at, and she was there to be the visitor center manager, and she knew that was one of her charges, the place where the sheep shit and the rain comes in and the birds roost. That's and she was pregnant, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Their she first was pregnant child. at the time. Yep. Wow. So you can imagine, <laughs> you know, the the <laughs> impact that all of this has had on on her life. So when she is taking care of you at Ardbeg. She is taking care of you at Ardbeg, right? So she's she's good and she treats our group especially well. Yep. You know, so here we are, we're waiting for the swimmers. We're waiting for them to round the corner. We see them starting around the corner and Jackie brings out 
a platter of glasses. Mm-hmm. And the glasses, and and in this case, I'm going. I will kiss and tell here, because yeah, I, th- I think it was so thoughtful of her. The 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 bottles that she selected. So there were two offerings available. There was the Corvrecken Committee release, which, if you think about how this whole trip started, it was them at the Corvrecken, right? Exactly. Exactly. She knew this and put two and two together. Yep. And breaks out a bottle that came out. When did the committee release come out? Ten years committee, ago. Committee Cory Reckon. Maybe, maybe you're in the ballpark. You're definitely yeah. in the ballpark. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Someone can yeah. write in and exactly. And let Someone us know at the home exact, is yeah. screaming the exact year right now, and we thank you for screaming it loud and yes, proud. Yes, email it to us. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah. Um, Instagram us. Yeah, you would, whatever you know. Uh, teletype it. Teletype um, always appreciated. You've got to teletype it. Um, and then the other whiskey that she brought was. Ardbeg almost there. I know, right? That was so right? wonderful. Brilliant, because they were almost there. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is perfect. And so I had had uh, almost there before. In fact, the first time I ever had it, I was with you. I would and imagine I th- so. And I think we tasted uh, very young, still young and almost there. And um, it must have been at Carl's. Um, but I'd never had that Corey before, that committee Corey. And man, if that wasn't just an amazing, amazing whiskey. And and what a thing to greet our swimmers back yep. with. Um, yep. That, and their, yeah. their families and their friends. Exactly. And their patriots. Yeah. yeah so incredibly so we, thoughtful. But between the so we had the swimmers coming and then we had the film crew there awaiting. And then Justin's parents. Uh, Justin's wife and daughter came. Mm-hmm. Some of the people from the Isla Woolen Mill came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who were behind the design of the, the Tartan Pocket Squares. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that, that we were gifted at the start of the, the tour. You know, all in all, I'd, I'd say, I'd, I'd venture to guess that there was at least 30 people there. At least, at least, uh, yep. Mickey Heads stuck around mm-hmm. to watch them. Who was moving house that day? So yeah. not a high stress day for him at all, uh, <laughs> and yet he made time to to welcome the swimmers into. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so so they so they start coming. Now, so th- the interesting thing about these about the swimmers is as they're swimming, they're they're wearing these uh, floaty sort of neon orange lifesavers if you will you know they've got all sorts of has water in there and you know whatever they need in case they're in trouble while they're in the water so you can spot those those orange buoys that are on them for for lack of a better term and you start to see it coming and people are cheering and the uh one of the guys one of the film crews had a drone and started you know filming them from above as they're getting in and um Gus's daughter. So Gus was the uh, the captain, the boatman who who helped them plan this whole thing out. His daughter, twelve uh, year old girl, brought bagpipes and started playing bagpipes as they made it toward you know the dock. 
it was it was a very beautiful moment with the rays of the sun, the individual rays of the sun beating down on the water and the pier yeah. as they came in. And I I know you didn't get any recording of the bagpipes. It would be the perfect thing to play at this point. Hmm. But it was the type of thing that just we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. It it just captured the essence of the exact moment we were in. And to be standing there with the record button on your microphone going as you hold it out mm. would have lessened the moment somewhat, would have lessened your presence in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and I know you were captivated by the pipes and the swimming and the boat and the sun rays and the whiskey. And it really was a, a beautiful moment. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned it before that I am an incredible softie and, and, and that was it. Always the penis with you. <laughs> no, that's not I say. I'm hardcore, hard to the, like a. I'm like a bowling ball, hard to the there's core. No point, there's, there's no point lying. No, but with all that stuff going on, I just stood there, yes. you know, just taking Captivated. it all in and feeling incredibly emotional. You know, I wasn't crying or anything like that, like I usually do. I was just happy and. Uh, but but it's also been one of those, you know themes or aspects that we've referred back to through the last few podcasts as we've been uh, regaling people with stories from our tour is that we spend so much time worrying about every single aspect mm. and as if it wasn't enough to be worried about the tour and meetings happening and running late and yeah. seeing the right people we were also worried about our swimmers going all the way around this island that nobody had ever swum around before yeah and we kept hearing horror stories about no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and here we were watching them. If they could swim 200 yards, they were done. <laughs> and and there's that feeling of yeah. the weight, that worry coming off our shoulders, right? Because <laughs> obviously it's about us. <laughs> but when it's when we're you know financing, sponsoring that expedition, yeah. And we're worried about the people that we're sponsoring. It was wonderful for us to know they'd made it safely yeah. and to know that for them, they had completed uh, an amazing achievement. Uh, they had lived up to their Explorers Club, yeah. uh, of which they are members of and they take very seriously. And uh, it was terrific. And then and aside from Justin and Chad with the Explorers Club connection, Johnny, who we spoke about a couple of episodes mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. doing this for himself and for his family. And he had made it around. Um, what a wonderful achievement for him. And it was interesting. He was the first one out of the water with his, you know, swimming shorts on, his uh, um, surf suit shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as we described earlier on, just shaking like a leaf <laughs> and people wrapping them in towels and trying yeah. to put jackets on them and uh, <laughs> taking them out of his flippers and he got directed straight to the still house to stand between the stills oh that's right and mickey heads actually led him up uh, to the still house uh, <laughs> as he's just Shivering, I'm all, I'm all right, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all right. And, and we're handing him drums and put drums in them. And so he was tremendous. And then, you know, we, we gave Justin and Chad big hugs and had a chance to, to speak to all three of them. Yeah. And uh, 
and hear from them about the achievement and going around the island and what a celebration <laughs> that was and, and and how gracious of of Jackie and yeah. Mickey to host us for that um, and ultimately and there's some other things to be said here but and ultimately took us into the visitor center and allowed us to use that as our own space and laid on chili and rice oh and yeah just a little after party you know you talking about johnny going up to the stills and mickey heads bringing him there to, to warm up you know once he came back you know, one of the things he said to me was never in my life did i think that i would be lying down naked between the two Ardbeg stills <laughs> to save my life, to keep me warm, <laughs> to save me from hypothermia. <laughs> uh, so happy he survived. Yeah. <laughs> As we're talking about Jackie and, and Mickey giving us the run of the visitor center, and as if Jackie hadn't already been gracious enough with the Cory Vrecky committee bottling. Cory Vrecky. Cory Vrecky. Cory Vrecky. With the Cory Vrecky committee bottling. Yeah. And the almost there bottling. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, she, she also handed off uh, an old single cask sample. Um, and when I say sample, I often think of 50 mils or 100 mils. Uh, this was a 700 mil single cask sample <laughs> that she handed off to us yeah. um, for us to pour around, share, enjoy. And um, and one of the things for me, because you know, obviously I wasn't driving because I was responsible for getting two distinct groups <laughs> home in two different cars. Um, but, you, you, but you got to invite, yeah. so that, that was good. And I, and I took charge of both zinger cars. A burn. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) and um, and so i wasn't drinking and so i was i was very fortunate that i got this uh this old cask sample in in a little sample bottle in a a little one ounce bottle and uh, at the end of the tour um i was by the time we got back to the mainland i was called home to uh, air where unfortunately my dad uh passed away yeah. And uh, we haven't announced that at any other podcast. That was the reason that I was kept in Scotland longer than anticipated. Yeah. Yep. And so at uh, my dad's funeral, I actually had my sample of that Ardbeg in my pocket. And and I just wanted it there just as, you know, a little bit of a crutch. And if, if I needed it, I knew I had something very special uh, with which to, to toast my dad and, and to help make the day a little better. Uh, as it came to pass, I didn't actually open it oh. at my dad's funeral. Yeah, um, I was plied with plenty of single malt uh, scotch mm. without dipping into my uh, my art bag stash, courtesy of Jackie. Um, and so I actually brought it back to the United States. And um, within a, a week or so, um, I got to see a friend who had had her baby uh, two days after my dad's death. Oh, wow. And so as the circle of life goes on and we talk about Rosh Hashanah and we talk about the new year here and a new beginning, um, I wanted to celebrate my dad's life uh, in the company of a new little life that that came in a couple of days after him. And so my friend Brandon uh, and I toasted my dad going out and his daughter coming in 
with this wonderfully old single cast sample of Ardbeg. And it tasted magnificent. Yeah. Uh, wonderfully floral, uh, wonderfully delicate, uh, and still with a very nice Ardbeg presence behind it. Wow. So, so sincere thanks to, to Jackie for access to that single cask. Um, and, uh, and sincere thanks and congratulations to our swimmers who gave us reason to be there and gave us reason to come together. Mm. Uh, and we've talked previously about the camaraderie of all of that. Um, and then thanks to my, my friend Brandon for, for hosting me once I was back here and able to toast uh, my dad and his daughter. Wow. Wow. And to, to new beginnings indeed and new projects. And yeah, now we have a new project to do. Now we have many new projects to do <laughs> and, and we thank <laughs> we thank the swimmers for trusting yeah. us and everybody who hosted us on Isla and in, in Campbelltown. And uh, a, a, a truly marvelous, wonderful experience to have done all of that uh, with so many fantastic people. Yeah, it was, uh, it was special. Thank you for sharing yeah. that, Jason. Well, thanks to the listeners for for being so loyal, and and uh, and to you for being a, a wonderful friend and covering my back when um, I had to ditch the very last night of the tour to go and be by my dad's bedside, mm-hmm. and, uh, and for covering me when I had spent uh, some extra days in Scotland and couldn't quite get back to company responsibilities. Well, yeah, you're welcome. No more excuses, though. Done. <laughs> and Shana Tova. <laughs> So we have a, a very interesting email that came in this past week. Oh, we're not going to do news? <laughs> so before we get to a really interesting email that came in this week, <laughs> let's get to news. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, 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 extra. So one bit of big news that I want to let people know about uh, before we move on to, to emails is our nine-year-old Krigeliki. So by the time this podcast will have gone live, which is September 27th, our Krigeliki nine-year-old will be on pre-sale. Hooray! Yeah, and this is a first for us. So we do run a company called Single Cask Nation, and we will continue to run a company called Single Cask Nation, but we had a rare opportunity to select two single octaves of First Phil Sherry Krigeliki, nine years old. Married those two samples together just for giggles, and as great as they were by themselves, and we were prepared to bottle each of them individually and sell them individually, as great as they were by themselves, they were that much better together. So this will be a quote-unquote double cask nation release. So check it out, singlecastnation.com. Uh, it'll be in our bottles section. We'll have a, a fancy new product emblem on it. And uh, check it out. Grab a bottle yeah. if you can. Hopefully it's not sold out by the time you, you've heard this podcast. So that was my bit of big news. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Jason? Not really. Just a quick one in the email section this week. Um, I will say before I get to... To talking more about this, we have been hearing from people who are saying that listening to us go over our tour of Isla 
has either reminded them of their own time being on Isla yeah. or has really inspired them to go in, to Isla and check it out for themselves. So thanks for those little notes that have been coming in about that. Yeah, we had one guy on Facebook I saw yesterday after having listened to our Spring Bank episode just say that it's brought back some fond memories. Yeah, so exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Really terrific. I like people just reaching out informally to let us know that. So I'm glad it resonates with people. Um, so this is a chap that we uh, interviewed early on, and uh, we were talking about visiting his warehouse uh, mm-hmm. in the last episode. And it's from Mr. Mark Watt. Uh, as we describe him, the regal king of all things Caden Heads. <laughs> um, and we try not to get too specific on what his job title actually is. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not going to read the whole email because he, he didn't. He sent it to us as a thing for us. But there was a there was a portion of his email that really made me chuckle, uh, as it as it did him. So I'll, I'll do his opening and then I'll cut to the bit that is obviously the chuckle. Uh, he says, "Just gotten around to listening to the Springbank edition of the podcast." Always scared to listen to these things. Uh, so hopefully we covered everything appropriately. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. nothing, nothing too cheeky went on there. Uh, but then he, he closes his email by saying, Also, did make me laugh to myself that I was sitting in my living room, looking out onto Springbank Distillery, listening to a podcast from America about something I can see. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really terrific. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then he closes it by saying, "Anyway, until next time." And so, and there will he's be always a time. yeah, he's always a chap who it's a real treat to see. Uh, we did talk about uh, the round of of Cadenhead's drinks he he bought for mm. us at the Ard Shield Hotel in Campbellton. Very generous uh, in our last episode. Yeah, and so so as always, cheers to Mark, and he's another gracious host, uh, along with Ronald and along with. Sweeney has some people. Yeah, whoa, whoa, him. wait a second. Has anyone <laughs> invited you to use that name? Because That's why I said, as some people refer to him, not this guy, uh, as some people refer to him. Well, you're really getting familiar with him. And uh, <laughs> I just back it up. Back it up. <laughs> back it up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, very gracious folk there as well. So, so that was just a, a little email this week. I know we're trying to keep it a bit shorter, yeah, uh, since we spend a long time talking about these tours. Yeah. So, yeah. so a truncated news section, truncated email section, yeah. which I think leads us into a truncated misconception section. Quickly before we do that, I just <laughs> wanted to <laughs> back it up, back it up, back it in. Let me begin. Something, something, something. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I wanted to just remind people how they can get in touch with us. And you can do that by Instagram. Uh, it's at One Nation Under Whiskey. By Twitter, we are at One Nation Whiskey. And by email, questions at One Nation Under Whiskey.com. And then finally, through Facebook, Facebook.com slash One Nation Under Whiskey. And uh, whiskey, of course, is always without the E. So uh, if, if your fingers want you to put an E in the word whiskey, which I imagine you would use your ring finger, um, you may want to just uh, remove your ring finger and don't let that happen. Um, so there we go. <laughs> so as I'm doing this, I'm watching Jason and he's desperately trying to get a bottle 
out of a bag and he's as red as a lobster trying to make it happen. And what is currently in my hand, Joshua? Other than your penis? <laughs> Always a penis in you. <laughs> so, Jason, you have in your hand yes. something that we are going to toast at the very end yes. of this episode. Maybe people should hang out after the theme song? After the theme song for a very special toast. Yes. Okay. Misconceptions. Yes. You have yeah, many. No. I have many. I wonder how many whiskey legend Jim McEwen has. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting when, when we asked him about misconceptions. So rather than us talk about it, I'm going to... You'll hear us ask the questions, and, you, and you'll hear Jim's answers. So off to Jim. Given that marketing seems to be driving a person's education or miseducation about whiskey, what, what are some of the things that you've heard come back at you, someone who is convinced this is what I believe about whiskey or about the about industry? No, not, not you personally, just whiskey in general, in, in general, production, what, what have you, these, these things that are misconceptions Crazy to them. Or even on a personal level, I've had, I've had many, many critics because I don't stop talking about the real deal. Yeah. You understand? So if I'm talking about artificial colouring and chill filtration and quality casts and the value of people versus a machine, you know what I mean? People say, oh, Christ, is he, is he still talking? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll always be talking, mm-hmm. you understand? Mm-hmm. Because I'm lucky enough to have spanned a long, long time. And somewhere in the old days, when I think back to the old Sturman, my grandfather was a mobman at Beaumont, and some of the guys I worked with, the old guys, when I was 15, they were, they were giants. And they didn't have gas chromatography, they didn't have computers. What they had was knowledge that was passed down, if you take the more 1779, so from 1779, it was passed on all the way down the line. And I was lucky enough to be in that chain. You know, so I didn't just get it by selling an apprenticeship. I was getting stuff that was coming down over 200 years of education and trial and all that sort of stuff. So that's why I feel so passionate about it, you know. And we've got to be true to ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And But the, the world palate has changed. If you look at the countries, that, the amount of sugar that's consumed now is frightening, you know. And yeah. The whole palate of the world has changed. So when you're a child and you're born with a certain... In a family, there's a lot of sweet in your diet now. I mean, 50 years ago, take after the, the war, 1945, 39-45, people had nothing, you know, and people weren't coming home. So what you're getting in your daily bread is what's going to affect your taste of your children, do you understand? I mean, most kids are given candy bars now and stuck in front of a video, do you know what I mean? Well, at one time, they'd be out playing in the fields and making their own, using their imagination, but looking at that, Tom and Jerry, you know, and they're eating it this all the time. So it's going to be a big, and that's the future generation, and they will be looking for that sweet taste because that's what they were brought up with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was very cool to hear some misconceptions from from our friend Jim McEwen. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have that right? Do we call him a friend? I've I've been telling my tasting group on the Palouse. He's in my phone. He must be my friend. Oh, that's a good point. Yep, he's in my phone too. So there you go. He's definitely our friend, <laughs> whether he wants to be or not. <laughs> Cheers, friend Jim. This one's for you. To you. 
Uh, and to Mark Watt, of course. Yeah. Yeah, who else? I mean, there's so many people to thank. You know, it's Jim McEwen, you know, a focus on this episode, of course. Mark Watt, uh, a bit of a focus. and, and just Jackie, of course. Mickey, being, of course. Right? Jackie, Mickey. Bryony, of course. Bryony, Eustina. Eustina, of course. James and Anthony Wills. Um, For the massive yeah, loan, of, loan of the Land Rover was absolutely magnificent. They right, got to... Right. Residents of Isla got to see the Coholman Land Rover driving all over the place at high speeds. Yeah, gave us the quarter cask to use gave to us bring the around cask to fill. Absolutely, yeah, that's something we'll have more information on a later date yeah. as it sits and marries in Scotland. Yeah, you know, we haven't mentioned him before, but Simon Brooking did mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of work and and a lot of help. With with Lafroig and working to help get Johnny over to Isla too, and you know, so he has been a great help to this and to the expedition. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew Mundell, who was very kind and taking care of the logistics of getting the quadcast to the mainland for us. Yeah, that was a massive help. Yeah, that was that was great. Jess and Sweet Scott. Right? Oh, absolutely wonderful tasting. Yeah, yeah. Valange tastings on the Mullavo. Uh, that was yeah, that was great. We could we could really keep going with this. <laughs> we could make a list that's as long as the last four episodes. Well, let let me just cap it with two more. Our swimmers and their entire crew, right? For looking to us to help make this happen, and and for our tour guests, because this tour, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for our tour guests, and. This tour costs more than any other tour we've ever done before, and they mm-hmm. understood the importance of it to help get something like this off the ground and, and happening. So, yes, things wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for us, but things wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for our, for our guests. Also so, true. Sincere thanks to them. Yeah, cheers to them, most sincerely. All Michael right. Nolan, Jam, Bino, Lady Lindo, Scott. Ben. Ben. Graham. Graham, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you always leave the Canadian last. What is it with you? <laughs> I just, I, I feel like it's its own category, right? <laughs> and I'm sure he's uh, currently he's very happy to be mentioned last and in his separate category. I think he's just used to it. Uh, it's just the I, you know the the luck of the Canadians. So those were those were both of your big thanks. Any anything to say for? person they got two carloads of people home on a saturday night with uh, with only one driver i not sure i know what you're talking about so i'm not sure you do I, i'm not sure you remember i know that much <laughs> <laughs> oh jason thank you for getting someone to 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 drive because uh, i was really drunk <laughs> okay. and you know this is what happens when you drink straight from bottles and then you know, whatever. Casks. Casks. Straight from bottles. I think, you would casks. Have, I think you would have drunk straight from the bay if you'd been allowed. So. <laughs> I, it's as simple as this. We always have each other's back. It's yes. as simple as that. Indeed. And if I ever make a mistake, I'm sure you'll be there to pick up the PCs behind me. Mm-hmm. And to let you know how big a mistake you made. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Okay. Cheers to the episode. Cheers to the and, episode. Uh, and hang around 
after the theme for a little extra. So now that the pesky theme is out of the way, Joshua, oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. We have poured the long roll single cask from the Cadenettes Warehouse. Yeah. Distilled in 2001, bottled in 2017, but since 2008 has dwelled or resided mm. in a Chardonnay cask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fresh Chardonnay cask. Bottled at 56.2% alcohol. Mm. This is what you brought in the Jewish New Year with. Yeah. And if this is a toast to the new beginnings of the new Jewish year and new projects, and we have successfully concluded the recap of our Isla expedition Mm. and whiskey tour. So, to Jewish year number 5778. Beautiful. We should party like it's 5779. (laughs) 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 Uh, You're a good Mm. partner, sir. Mm. You too, man. Mm. Mm. Oh, juicy, fruity with, but not juicy fruit. (laughs) Juicy and fruity with with a burnt matchstick behind. Yeah, just a little bit, but it starts mm. off with that massive, you know, oily presence to it. Well, you see that in the glass, how oily it is in oh, there. Oh, I know. I know. What would you say the color is? Um, honey. Honey. Yeah, it seems perfect for this time of year. Yeah. It's like a dark honey. Yeah, like a dark, not a buckwheat honey, but maybe something a little darker than clover honey. Yeah. Oh, that has, that has crazy fruit and then... Char. This is the thing. The thing about long row for me, and this is the heavily peated, right? It's forty to forty-five ppm. Mm. It always comes through as tropical fruits. Mm. It's not massively peaty to me. Now it's definitely earthy toward the finish, but there's so much fruit in this, and I don't think that it's all Chardonnay driven. Yeah, I think it's a good example of char. Mm. without being a lot of peat. Mm. I know that's something that we always try and differentiate between, right? Because some will say, oh, it's smoky and peaty. Like yeah. it's a run-on sentence. Like they're, they both exist in the same realm all the time, always. Yeah, which is not But true. this, this yeah. is definitely, yeah, the, the smoke and the char. Mm. And this was your favorite from the, uh, from the warehouse tasting? Yeah, is that what I said last yeah. time? I think yeah. I agreed with you on that, didn't I? Well, no, I was the Kilcairn. Mm, yeah, me and a bit of, you know, a nice aged long rose, hard to argue. So, okay. Should we officially end the episode? <sighs> yeah, let's end it here. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Cheers, Joshua. Cheers, Jason. Shana tova. Shana tova.